0: Isaiah 53, and I'll read verses 4 through 6. Our uh, meditation will actually be from verse 6. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed all we like sh- stray we have turned every one to his own way the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all there are exactly 200 occurrences of the word sheep in the bible in the new king james version i didn't check the others anytime i check on those they always differ and i don't even want to begin to investigate the differences and uh so Anyway, I'm sure wherever sheep is referenced, it's all sheep. But this comes up with part, partial matches, things like that. So I just didn't want to dig into that. But I did find some interesting. Uh, 155 of these 200 are in the Old Testament. So that leaves 45 in the New Testament. And then of the 45 in the New Testament, 39 of them are in the Gospels. So what that means is that once you get book of john in the new testament there are only six occurrences of the word and that surprised me i thought that would be more more common but uh what's interesting is of those six that are referenced in either the pauline or peter epistles that book of acts three of them refer to the text i just read so half of the references to sheep from acts to the end of the bible refer to isaiah 53 verses six or seven So now, that tells you that what I just read is extremely important in the context of understanding sheep. When the word sheep is mentioned in the New Testament, it's really this is what we're talking about. So now, I want to first, though, talk to you a little bit about those references in the Old Testament. We know that the word sheep is often used as a metaphor in Scripture for us. We're the sheep. But in the Old Testament, sheep are usually the sheep. By far. So if you talk to a person in the Old Testament and you talk to them about sheep, they're going to think about sheep. Whereas we talk to us about sheep and we immediately think of ourselves. And so to me that's just kind of a fundamental difference that occurred with the coming of Christ. Just how we tend to think about sheep. The 34th occurrence of the word sheep in the Old Testament is where we see the first use of it as a metaphor for his people. And let me read it. It's in Numbers 27. I'll read Numbers 27 starting at verse 16. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. So the first occurrence as a metaphor is when Moses is being replaced by Joshua. And God then gave the metaphor of sheep as being an indicator that this is something that he's going to then continue to use really throughout his time with his people the very next occurrence as a metaphor is the 82nd reference to sheep and that's in 2nd samuel 24 and i'll we'll actually uh, not read that but i just wanted to show you that there are almost another 50 references where sheep are sheep they're not us now i told you there are how many this is a pop quiz how many references are there in the gospels of sheep anybody know the answer no Yes, 39. How many books are in the Old Testament? Cool. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) So every book of the Bible in the Old Testament teaches us about the fact that Jesus is referring to all of the Old Testament people and all of us as sheep. It's just obvious to anybody, right? (laughs) Now, when sheep are referred to, you're often... Uh, when sheep and leading or following are referred to. It's usually, now this was just a very brief search, so this is not at all scientific like nearly all of my other references have always been. (laughs) There are two occurrences in the Old Testament and three in the New where leading is referred to. So in other words, the shepherd is leading the sheep. But there is a reference in the Old Testament that speaks about the shepherd following the sheep and think about it they're very different right in one instance the shepherd's out front and in the other the shepherd's in the back so why why is this it's because sometimes sheep don't follow and if the sheep doesn't follow the shepherd has to go after them and so then who's in the lead the sheep but that's not really the design the design for sheep is that the shepherd has trained them in following him. So then the shepherd leads, the sheep follow, and all is well with the world. But this has to do with bad sheep. There are good sheep and there are bad sheep. Good sheep follow the shepherd, bad sheep don't always follow the shepherd. Those the shepherd must follow. That reference that I mentioned to you, that one reference, is interesting. It's in 2 Samuel. Second Samuel Chapter 7, verse 8. Now, therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheephold from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people over Israel. So God took David from following sheep to leading sheep. Now, David was a good shepherd. Good shepherds have to sometimes follow sheep. Only bad shepherds, always lead sheep because then they lose the the bad sheep right because they're leading and they're just not paying attention and some of the sheep wander off so david was a good shepherd he was following after the ones that went astray and god tells him i took you from the sheepfold from following the sheep to be ruler over my people israel so see david was a good follower of the sheep and he had well trained sheep well trained sheep can be led but our text doesn't refer to well-trained sheep in Isaiah 53. In Isaiah 53, let me reread it to you. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. God doesn't use these words like we use these words. We use words, and you know, Phil, a ton, right? There's a ton of this, a ton of that. Well, it can't really be that, can it? No, it's exaggeration. And so God doesn't, he's not in the business of exaggeration. God is in the business of precision. And so when he says, all we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, he means absolutely all of us, absolutely every one of us. So what do we learn from this? Well, let's look at the last clause. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The first two clauses were a metaphor, right? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But now the metaphor is dropped. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So see, metaphors can soften reality. They teach us truth. They can help us really understand something. But yet God takes away the metaphor when he's really trying to convey to us the ultimate and the reality of what he's trying to express. And here's the reality. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And it would appear that this is an unjust laying of the iniquity on him. In other words, he has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now we know from the time in the garden when Jesus pled with God the Father to remove this from him, we know he was willing to do it, but we know he didn't want to do it. And so it was him being burdened with all of this ugliness and evil that he did not want to be burdened with and so that's what comes through here the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all now i want to tell you about one more occurrence of the word sheep and it's the very first occurrence of the word sheep in the bible and it's in genesis 4 in genesis 4 verse 2 we read this Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. Very first occurrence of the word. Now, Jesus was not the first shepherd to die. He was not the first shepherd to die for righteousness sake. Abel was. He was the very first shepherd to be killed because he was righteous. And Jesus was not the last shepherd to die for being righteous many shepherds since Jesus day have died for righteousness sake and it's not just Phil and Gary and I that are the shepherds in our midst is it in many ways all adults are shepherds in many ways all adults are called upon by God to lead and even as children mature you can really look at older children as being shepherds because they have tremendous influence over others we always talk about children influencing one another being a bad influence it's the other kids that are bad influences on my kids my kids really are good influences on other kids so see they're leading right we're talking about leading and following it's all about leading and following so we are all called upon to be christian shepherds good christian shepherds so we will suffer for righteousness sake to the degree that we do that. And so I ask you, do you really feel that you suffer for being a good Christian shepherd? We all should, to some extent, be suffering for being good Christian shepherds. We don't necessarily know. We don't necessarily personally experience it. It could be stuff that people say about us behind our backs. It could be ways that people talk about us or mistreat us or we don't get promotions or whatever it is. But in many ways, though, too, there are very visible ways that we as Christian leaders can suffer. So I believe it's no coincidence again that the first occurrence points at Abel dying as a shepherd, and he's dying because he was righteous and his brother was not. And in that same manner, we still have evil people coming after the church, coming after Christians. And yet that doesn't absolve us of being having to be good shepherds So when we come to the table, we come to the table because it is Christ that served, it's Christ that fulfilled. He's, of course, exempt from the all and every. He's the only one exempt from the all and every that I spoke of. Yet when we come to the table, we claim ourselves to be Christian shepherds, leading the way, leading other people to the Lord. And let's do that. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the uh, wonderful depth of it that opens our eyes to ways in which you call upon us to serve, you call upon us to love. And we do want to love and serve our fellow man, and not just Christians, but the non-Christians as well, even though it makes us targets. Uh, We pray, Father, that you would make us influential in our uh, spheres of influence, that we would be seen as Christian shepherds. And Lord, I pray, have us not to always just lead, but have us to follow. Uh, We know when it's the appropriate time to follow, and yet too often, Father, we shirk that responsibility because it's hard. We don't want to always go after lost sheep, yet we pray that you would have us to do this because it's right. We thank you now for your goodness to us. We thank you for your presence with us. In Christ's name and for his sake, amen.